Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Unexplained World Internet Radio Broadcast with your host, Edward Cheney, a paranormal, spiritual observer, and psychic reader, along with Annette, a high priestess and psychic reader. The Unexplained World is a location where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy, so enjoy. Listeners, welcome to the October 21st broadcast of The Unexplained World with your host, Ed Shanahan, that's me, a paranormal spirit observer and reader, and Annette, a reader and high priestess. Hello, Annette. Hello, Ed. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you doing tonight? Good, good. Okay. Listeners, this is our show for the Halloween season. Annette, you have some bits and pieces for our listeners later in the show? I do. Yes, all about Halloween or Samhain. Okay. Also, if time permits, I will tell the listeners of possible new haunted locations that they may not have thought of, but are within most people's locations of travel. So, uh, and a few other things uh, we'll get to. But right now, we have a get as a guest, author of the book Ghost Cats, Miss Dusty Rainbow. Dusty, are you there? Well, hi, Ed. How are you? It's it's nice to finally meet you. Yeah, or at least talk. <laughs> <laughs> right, at least talk. We've been uh, we've been super busy, you know, with this time of year and everything. And um, but thank you for uh, with without me contacting you first, but still calling in, and as we planned. Um, so that's super. Um, Annette, do you want to get going on the subject of ghost cats or? Uh, Dusty, would you like to explain what well, uh, the book is about first? Well, it, the the title says it all. It's uh, Ghost Cats, Human Encounters with Feline Spirits. And um, it is uh, about 70 different stories of people who have encountered ghost cats. And uh, it runs the gamut from people who have been visited by their own beloved pet to uh, hotels. You were talking about uh, haunted places you could go. As a matter of fact, there's uh, there are even two chapters in there. One chapter has haunted hotels, uh, and another one has uh, uh, public places that are haunted by ghost cats. Hmm. So there you go. <laughs> Annette. 
Um, Dusty, uh, I was just, you know, what's so funny is I'm startled here. My cat, <laughs> who seems to have more than nine lives, he just jumped up on my lap and was like in the middle of what I was doing. <laughs> 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 <That> oh! <laughs> You're into it, huh? <laughs> I wanted to hear this. <laughs> yeah, he just he just made through, made it through a stroke, so I got more than nine lives this one. <laughs> Some of them seem to have many more than nine. Uh, oh, that I have, yeah. I've experienced that, so... Well, Dusty, um, in taking a, a quick glance at your book, um, I know that it's just filled with stories um, that are very loving and compassionate. It's not a scary book at all. People probably expect when they see her ghost cats, oh, it's the cat that jumped at you at the window. Or Can you tell us a little bit about how the spirits of the cats return to offer love and compassion? Well, thank you. You know, you, you just hit the, the book right on the head. Uh, the, the stories are of hope and love. They're not, they're not scary. Originally, I had planned on writing a bunch of scary stories about cats, uh, uh, cats returning, but that didn't happen. I mean, the, the stories that I got were very gentle and, and loving. Um, so, Okay, let's get back to to your question. Um, I'm sorry. Could you rephrase the question? I, I completely sure, sure. sure. Um, <laughs> I apologize. I just I just wanted you to comment on uh-huh. the fact that it wasn't um hor- you know spook Edgar Allan Poe type exactly. cat stories. You know, exactly. it was more real life cats and the stories that their owners or their human contacts had um, about their visitation from them. So I just I guess I just wanted you to comment on the fact that it wasn't a book about spooky cats and you did that. <laughs> well well that's that's exactly right. And what I, I found was, you know, people I, I think the reason none of the stories are scary are because cats are just so much a part of our life and even in death they're not frightening. But um you know, I, I am a ghost hunter and I know that when I run into a situation and I find something of the paranormal nature, it still startles me. And it doesn't matter how benign or, or gentle or whatever the, the spirit is. It's very frightening. But the cats just are not frightening. They're just, you know, they're part of our home. They're part of our lives. And uh, even in death, they're a part of our lives. So, <laughs> Did uh, people that... Go ahead on that. Go ahead. How is it that you did your research? Can you tell us about how you reached out to people to have them tell their stories? Well, I have to to thank Ed as part of that. Um, I contacted people that I knew. I mean, I was surprised at how many people uh, when I told them, oh, I'm working on a book about ghost cats. Oh, I had an experience. I mean, it was amazing how many people opened up to me. Uh, but also I got on the Internet and uh, started networking with um, cat groups, rescue groups, paranormal groups, and uh, it was just amazing how many people, I mean, even even writers' groups, believe it or not, uh, people would write me and say, oh, yeah, I had her, my cat came back. So it, it, it's just people from all walks of life and uh, from all types of groups. And some of them I know, and some of them I have just met, <laughs> like y'all. Um, so and you said your... that there are 70 stories, is that correct? Uh, approximately, give or take. Okay, okay, okay. 
Although, I mean, that's a huge collection. That's a lot of cat stories, you know. <laughs> and those are just the ones that I published. I, I would love to put out a second volume of them. And if this book sells enough, then my publisher would like me to also do dog and horse stories. And oh, wow. I have I already have a, a pretty good collection of those as well. Are there other animals that seemed? I mean, you probably were inundated with cat stories, of course, but did some people come back with dog stories or ferret or rabbit or I don't know? Uh, I haven't had any ferret or rabbit stories, but yes, dog stories. Okay. And dog stories tend to be a little more on the frightening side, especially if it's a dog you don't know. And I guess that could be the protection thing, the, the, uh, uh, I don't know, territorial, sorry, territoriality of, of the dog. Oh, okay. But I mean, that makes sense because they're kind of a watch, kind of watchdog animal, yeah. Exactly. So if you don't know the dog, then then uh, it could be frightening. And as a matter of fact, uh, across the world there are the uh, legends of the black dog, and those are very ominous creatures. They're not necessarily puppies you want to walk with in the in the alley. So, uh, but but with rare exceptions like the uh, cat at the capital, the nation's capital, and a couple other little situations, most cats are just. Happy cats. <laughs> do they do they seem like they carry the same personality that they had when uh, they were living when they come back? Well, I I believe so. A lot of times they do they do the same thing. Like uh, cats that, who have slept with their owners will do exactly that. They'll do they'll have that pattern of jumping up on the bed and and laying at that one special place on the bed. Um, they um, well, as y'all probably already know, there's there are different types of haunting. There's the residual haunting, which is uh, basically the same action over and over with no intelligence. And, and of course, that's going to have you know, if the cat jumped off the counter, then that's where he's probably always going to jump down from is the counter. And uh, so, I guess it wouldn't really matter there. But yeah, the they do maintain their personalities. It's uh, some, as a matter of fact, one of my favorite stories is um, about a hotel in California. It's called the Phantom Litter Box, and even oh. though these, <laughs> I it. I, it was it was just one of the most fun stories. Uh, the family does have a, a little collection of their own cats, but they live in the private area of the of the hotel. They don't. They aren't allowed to go into the the public area. And there's one place where over and over they can walk clients past, and occasionally you'll get the whiff of a a newly used litter box. And um, then, just like any other litter box, in a few minutes the aroma goes away, and <laughs> it's safe to pass through the area. But the people were saying it's really embarrassing to have people, you know, who have never been to the hotel before walk past there and and get a whiff of the litter box, <laughs> and you can't cover it up, <laughs> unlike a regular litter box. Oh, that's I, adorable! <laughs> isn't that a funny story? Yeah, there's a there's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of very touching stories, and then some of them are just hilarious, and and then others make you kind of wipe the tears. Sure. You know, now that you you mentioned it, I know after I've, I've had so many cats in my life, um, after I've lost cats, it seems, I notice just in the first few weeks, 
the jumping on the bed thing. And I always just take it for granted. Oh, that's just, you know, a few more times. Well, that was what I had noticed. I, uh, my single ghost experience was exactly that. I, uh, a friend of mine had to put one of my kittens to sleep while I was out of town. And, um, of course, I felt very guilty because I wasn't there. And Oh, and, uh, oh yes. And so a month later... Uh, the kitty jumped up on the bed. You could feel the little footprints, and then he laid down on my ankles. And um, uh, it was just amazing because I thought, oh, my God. Uh, I, I didn't believe in ghosts prior to that, but I knew what it was. I mean, yeah. there was no question I was awake, I, you know. And and so I I realized I had been given this wonderful gift and I thought it was very unique, but when I started doing research, I found out that that actually is the most common visitation, is the cat jumping on the bed. And more often than not, it usually is a single visit, but on occasions they do come back for repeated visits, which of course would be wonderful. I, I just got a thought, um, you know, what your, well, the subject matter, but... Way back in the Egyptian times, um, they actually had what shrines, or you know, if they had, if they had a monument of a king or a queen, or whatever you call them, you know, back then, a lot of them portrayed having cats, like sitting at their foot. At well, their... Bast, Bast, B-A-S-T, was a cat god. <clears throat> okay. And they, you know, they kept cats. In fact. Um, in Pharaoh's tombs and so forth, you will find mummified cat remains because they took all of their favorite pets and their best cattle and their slaves and everything. Everybody had to go to the tomb with the Pharaoh. Huh. So lucky, I think lucky them. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you don't want to be a mistress for the Pharaoh on a, on a bad illness day, you know. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just curious if even back then, you know, if that's what contributed to the shrines in it to the cats because you know maybe even back then the the thought the possibility of ghost cats existed well that's entirely possible but the real reason cats were deified was because they saved civilization when uh mankind started building or uh started planting grain and wow all of a sudden they've got all this bounty for years where you know uh, it's not very good to hunt and other things aren't happening, then then they've got all this grain. But then, of course, with the grain came the mice and in came these tiny little predators and they they saved. I mean, if it wasn't for cats, I doubt that there would be the vast cities because you couldn't, you couldn't accumulate the food necessary to support all those people. And so then, you know, they became minor deities, and then they became major deities. And I'm sure that with that also came, you know, visitations in the night, as I like to call them. Do do people experience, um, well, we always say full-body apparitions when we're speaking about human ghosts, but, you know, actual seeing a cat in a full-body form? Well, I think more than just, uh, yes, some of the stories did have full bodies, but just just like with human ghosts or human spirits, the most common thing is to see them out of the, the corner of your eye okay. because the, the peripheral vision 
you know, we were evolved to to uh, look out for prey and also uh, for predators that might eat us as well. And so our, our vision is much more acute on the periphery. And uh, so that's why when you think you see your kitty out of the corner of your eye, you very well may. Okay. Do, um, um, do you think that they come back again um, to re... What can I say? As in reincarnation, do you think you know, it's... Go ahead. Oh, no. Uh, uh, go ahead and finish your question. I'm sorry. <laughs> do you think it's possible they come back at a later time? Let's say a child has a cat, <clears throat> loves the cat, the cat sleeps with the child and stuff like that. The cat passes away. Maybe the child's 10 years old. Maybe 30 years down the line, you you think that is possible? Has anybody talked about that? Well, uh, I didn't actually cover it in this book because, gee, there's got to be something I can cover in the next one, right? Right. Uh, but I do. I mean, I did get a number of stories of people that were absolutely convinced that this unique cat has come back in, in the form of another cat. And one lady even was convinced that her cat came back in a dog. So, <laughs> okay. and from what I understand, uh, just because the cat doesn't, you know, if you've lost your your little brown tabby, he may not come back as a little brown tabby. Now, mm-hmm. I haven't experienced that, so you know, I can only go what by what people have told me. But yeah, I believe it's possible. Well, now, Ed, that's what my personal cat story is about. Tell <laughs> us. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm pretty good in that, so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you knew my cool story, darn it. <laughs> um, when we first moved out to this house, Ed, here in Indiana, um, one, uh, one of my cats came with us from the other place. He just got up and sick and died, just out of nowhere. And we couldn't really figure out why that had happened, and I was pretty distraught. And then we took him down and... You know, he started the pet cemetery here, and uh, I, you know, I dug the hole, and I practiced witchcraft for many years, and I was pretty distraught, and I did something as a, oh, a release of a spirit and kind of a spell that, you know, if he could return to me, um, he should do so as quickly as possible, and I'll tell you what, in about, I don't know, four and a half weeks, something like that, um, I had a little guy sitting on my porch, <laughs> Waving his tail, and his mannerisms, and I don't know if it's reincarnation for cats, but his mannerisms were so close, so close um, to Goocher that I thought, oh, this has got to be. And as as welcome as things, you know, sometimes things can come so quickly and then go so quickly. Poor little guy, he just... Just like Goocher didn't really know the lay of the land here because we're kind of, we're pretty urban here, you know, it's pretty kind of wild and there's a big highway just a stone's throw from the house so I'm sure that this little guy just didn't know you know there was going to be highway and of course he and he met his maker but uh, later I thought you know I really shouldn't do this kind of a thing again because that's really not fair to the little guy who had to come back and was in the same position and he just didn't know so do you find Dusty Wow, do you, did you uh, did you bury the the cat without you know without trying to bring him back in? Exactly. Yeah. 
He went down next to his predator. Yeah. <laughs> Neat. Yeah. Neat. Dusty, do you find that people say, um, let's say, house cats compared to, is there any, you know, people with house cats may have, see them more coming back than people who have cats that, you know, come and go as they please? Well, uh, I I think that a lot of it has to do with the amount of contact you have, whether it's cats, dogs, horses, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, there were a number of stories of people who had outdoor cats where the, the spirit returned. One was a little girl who... Um, her kitty disappeared, and of course, mommy and daddy said, "Oh yes, we just know that the the kitty has found a new home, <laughs> right?" And um, then the the little girl started being visited by the cat at night, and this kept on for many months. And the the parents were like, "No, no, no, there's no ghost. Your your cat, you know." And finally, they confessed, "Yes, the the cat is probably dead." Yeah. And uh, but that didn't change the fact that the cat was visiting the child every night. And uh, so, you know, she knew when the cat visited her the first time that uh, the cat was dead. But I think that the ones that do disappear come back because unfinished business. I mean, you know, a a way of resolving, you know, telling your owner goodbye. And even though it sounds silly, I mean, animals, uh, cats do kind of have unresolved business. I think they do give us the chance to say goodbye. And whether it's the cat itself or or whatever deity or, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just know that it's a wonderful gift when you can have closure and you can say goodbye. Any um, examples of, because I, I caught this one, I got it, I caught it on film of a uh, a ghost, ghostly dog sitting sitting next to a headstone. Dog looks like a collie. Any um How? Yeah. Maybe I'll email <laughs> maybe I'll email that to you. I'd love it. Any um anybody suggesting or finding anything like that where they pick up the image or spirit image um, of the animal maybe next to the owner's grave, you know, or the one time owner's grave. Well uh no, uh, not specifically that, but there was the story of Little Joe, and I can't remember what the name of the story was, but Little Joe was a feral cat, and uh, this one lady was taking care of all these poor little kitties, and Joe was just extraordinary. He would, when new cats would show up, he'd show them where the food bowl was, and he'd show them where the toys were, and, and I mean, this is a feral cat. He's never been handled by people. The lady could pet him and and one day little joe was hit by a car and the the kitty was just the the light of this woman's life and she realized that she didn't have a single picture of any of these feral cats and she was just devastated so here uh as soon as they had buried little joe she ran and grabbed the camera and just started snapping pictures and this is back in the old days where you had to send the roll off and it took yeah. a week to get it back from the drugstore. And uh, they started looking through the pictures a week later and there was this image by the food bowl of <laughs> Little Joe. Wow. And uh, <laughs> oh, it was it's a, a wonderful story. I've seen the pictures. 
And everything in there is, is uh, blurred. My husband's a professional photographer, and he said I, he couldn't see how anybody faked it. So, um, yeah, I guess today there's probably ways, but I've had this picture for a long time, and, you know, Photoshop wasn't all that common back in those days. Well, I'll send the picture out to you that I have um, probably tomorrow then. Um, I would love that. Yeah, I was taken at Haunted Archer Woods Cemetery in the south suburbs. Um, we got a caller online. Annette, should we take him? Absolutely, please. Let's do okay. it. Area code 509-895. Hello, area code 509-895. Hello. Hello, and how are you guys this evening? We're doing fine. Who are we, who are we talking to? My name is Chad, and okay. I've uh, <clears throat> got a very interesting subject matter we've got going on this evening. Very different, very different. Thank you. I wanted, I wanted to call in and suggest that, see, most of us think that animals are of some kind of lower or of a lesser realm or vibration. What if they aren't? What if animals, like, think back to Noah, Noah collecting male and female of both of these spiritual entities or thought forms, what if our animals are just teachers that are bringing us lessons of unconditional love? Do you know how many people who live twice as long because they have pets, therefore they have less stress in their life? What if these animals aren't just uh, dumb animals, so to speak, and they're actually teachers of unconditional love that are here to show us what we're missing? And some well, proof of that, Chad, is probably the fact that, you know, Dusty's telling us about these stories where the cats return. Uh, how could they not, you know, how could they be spirits that could return if they were not of a higher realm? Yeah, if they didn't have the free will or of a capacity to choose their incarnation the same as we do. Yeah. Well, I'm, I don't, a, I'm oh. a firm believer, Chad, in uh, animals being, um, <laughs> you look at the dogs that are, help people that, you know, have problems. I got a dog we call Shadow. It's a 90-pound lab. My wife, after she had the knee surgery, he just took it upon himself to stand at her side as she walked down the stairs, just in case exactly. she needed the balance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that they are. And most people they are, have pets or if they've owned, you know, not. I don't even want to say own because that's not what you really do yeah, when you have yeah. a pet. But when you're with an animal, the love and the... I guess the communication that that is exchanged between the person and the animal, and I don't care if it's a cat, a dog, it doesn't really matter. If When you feel that and you understand that, it actually teaches you things that you wouldn't have got any other way. And so if that's the case, then maybe these relationships in our life with animals are something more than just pet and owner. Well, I definitely think that's true, too. You know, I, I, to be honest, I don't know what they are. Uh, I know that my life would be very empty without my my uh, kitties. I do, you know, some people think they're angels. I mean, uh, who, who knows? But they certainly enrich our lives. Well, I've noticed that cats in particular definitely have an innate ability to see within dimensions. They They live here with us. They're just as physical as we are. And half of them is there, and the other half of them is in a spiritual reality, which, as you were mentioning about the Egyptians earlier, yes, the cats did solve a very physical and uh, a problem that the Egyptians had with the mice and the things like that. But I think they also, being so divine in nature, 
they were seeing cats as the ability to see in this dimension and that one. Anybody who out there has cats, you ever see a cat look and stare at the wall or a corner? When you can't see anything there, but he's real sure that there's something there, and he's looking at you like, don't you see this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, they see it. and they're, uh, So maybe the Egyptians saw that within the feline race, we'll say, and that's why they held them of such high esteem is because they were gateways, dimensions between here and there. Well, I, I've always thought that they kind of live in that mysterious realm between the natural and the transcendental, sort of between the uh, the living and the dead. They they are almost a, a little bit of a bridge, I believe. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that a lot of people out there that have animals, they know that animals have a soul. Uh, oh, absolutely. I, yeah, there's just no... If you've ever been close to any animal, no matter what it is, you realize that they are a living entity, and they're definitely, oh, definitely. feeling. Well, one definitely. thing I found really interesting when I was doing the research for the book, uh, a number of people who did not believe, you know, it came from religious backgrounds that didn't think animals had souls, were suddenly faced with uh, the reality that their dead cat is, right there, you know, <laughs> returning repeatedly. And uh, it, it was interesting because it was really an eye-opening experience for some of these people to, you know, a, a, and very, uh, uh, very uh, liberating to know that they can truly fall in love with these animals and that they will be seen on at a later date. I hate to use the example, but has everyone seen the movie What Dreams May Come? Oh, yes, with Robin okay. Williams, yes. Yeah, yeah no. and you remember that even in the movie, his his dog was there, and basically everything that he loved in his life, in his heaven, the heaven we create for ourselves, it was all right there, including the animals, you know, because those are basically thought forms or patterns that are in our lives to show us something. And And I do not believe that Noah collected every male and female species of every animal on the face of the planet and was able to put them on a boat, but I do think that he was able to gather the thought forms of what they were and, and let's say, bring them to the next leap during the uh, transformation there. <laughs> well, I could just be completely wrong, you know? <laughs> no, no, I totally Anything's possible. I mean, you look at, you look at the uh, uh, Native Americans. You look at, um, I'll just use that as an example because I could speak of that. They're totem, you know, they're, they're spirit guides. Yes. Are, in a lot of cases, animals. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and look, be, and look uh, how many dog. people, look how many of us, how many human beings uh, relate to an animal, whether it's a dog, a wolf, a bear, whatever the, your animal totem is, you realize how much of your nature is actually a lot like the nature of that animal. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what these things really are. Yeah. Well, Chad, thank you, and nope. uh, I'll be talking to you in the future as we discussed. And, Absolutely, uh, sir. Yeah, I just have one more question for your guest. Where, where in Indiana are you? Where am I? Oh, uh, no, actually, I'm in Texas. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Oh, I heard and that's, and that's in Indiana. Near the well, of Indiana. You know, Texas, Texas is Virginia. so big, we've annexed everything. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> 
Also, I appreciate the show, guys. Uh, just very, very fascinating. I wanted to call in. I appreciate being on the air with you. You guys have a great right. show. Thank you, Chad. Well, mm. Good night, Chad. Bye-bye. That was a nice call. So, um, Dusty. Yes. Uh, we're going to take. Uh, we're going to make a couple announcements right now. Okay. Okay. And uh, Dusty, tell us how we can get the book. Oh, oh, thank you. Yes, um, it's called Ghost Cats: Human Encounters by uh, Human Encounters with Feline Spirits. Uh, it's Lion, the Lions Press. It was, uh, it came out this year, and you can get it at any bookstore, Barnes and Noble, um, uh, Borders, Amazon, uh, just about any place. And uh, it's got the most stunning cover. I must brag just a tad. It's yeah, got a, a black cat funny. on it. And and it'll if you like cats, you'll just be drawn right to it. <laughs> you could even Google ghost cats, and it'll come up. Uh, I did that. And, uh, oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad you did that. <laughs> yeah, with a link to the webpage, Amazon, and stuff like that. And read the reviews. The reviews are great. The reviews oh, are yeah. great. <laughs> Everybody loves this book. Yeah. Dusty, spell your last and name for us so we can find it by author if we need to. Right, it's uh, Dusty Rainbolt, and that's like a rainbow and a, a lightning bolt. Okay. And uh, you can also get more information about it or contact me with your own go- uh, ghost animal stories at DustyRainbolt.com. Okay, all right. Uh, right now, we're going to make a couple announcements, <clears throat> okay? Um, for the Unexplained World, coming up, let me uh, put down a couple of these pages. Coming up... Scheduled for uh, it's the Chicago Ghost Conference coming up the weekend of October 27th, and it's going to be held in Chicago. Ursula Bielski, uh, a bunch of speakers. There's going to be tours. There's going to be this. There's going to be that. Uh, I'm going to be there. Um, we're going to be having information about Beyond the Veil events coming up. Thus, go to the website theunexplainedworld.com. Go in the events section. You'll see the banner flashing up there at the very top, and click on, click on, uh, click here for event details. I'll take you right to the web page about it. That's going to be the weekend, all day, Saturday, October 27th. Okay. Then we have coming up. Uh, excuse me, ladies. November 10th and 11th, Capone Sulphur Springs and Starve Rock, Haunted Woods, Haunted Bread and Breakfast, and more. In Ottawa, Illinois, we got we um, besides the overnighters, we're all also offering day passes. It's uh, Ursula Bielski and myself at Shanahan event. Uh, we've talked about this before on the radio and <clears throat> on the broadcast. And Annette, uh, personally, with the things the way they've been going lately, uh, since the day I had that uh, dream that I was dead, yeah. okay, and visiting. Uh, uh, visiting or my dead relatives basically talking to me, uh, as you know, and people who are part of the Unexplained World Yow group knows in my space that uh, things have been pretty uh, prevalent as far as uh, the spiritual side showing itself and things that's happening. This is recently as last Sunday when I and 14 people went to Archer Woods Cemetery. There was a lady there that that's uh, a long-time member of the Unexplained World Yahoo group, and she had, her and her daughter had relatives there from the 1930s. So I did basically my circle of energy there with thus 
with only um, Jay, who is uh, a solitary practitioner, um, and Pam, who we met uh, this the other night again, um, who is a wake-up practitioner. And we did this circle, and uh, we were getting some information. I was doing some channeling. And all of a sudden, for the very first time, this is the very first time I did it, a headstone also. The headstone of the mother who is protecting the daughter who committed suicide, basically from the father. The headstone, granite headstone, the park facing toward Pam. The headstone was in the center, right up against the daughters. It's moved itself to be against the daughters. Actually, water started coming out of the center of the granite headstone and dripping like tears. So uh, things have been very interesting lately, and that's why I bring it up because uh, the haunted bread and breakfast with the woods and all that um, is more or less something that I had a dream about almost two years ago, a haunted bread and breakfast, and now it presents itself, and we will be going there November 10th and 11th. I will be doing readings at back at Champs in Burbank, Illinois, at a new time, five o'clock till nine o'clock. Gift law offerings, um, no set fees. I will do, be doing the palm reading psychometry one on one, where I put the person's hand between both of mine and read them, and also conscious channeling. If you bring in an item of a loved one that's passed away, make sure it's an item they they. They've had with that they wore, okay, be it glasses, be it a watch, etc. Um, somebody bought a ring the other night where we were at a large reading, and uh, the ring sat in a box, <coughs> to, you know, basically all its life that it belonged to the owner who passed away. Well, you might as well brought me a light bulb, okay? <laughs> there was no energy to pick up because it sat in the box. So basically that's all that's going on at this time. And um, we'd like to, Annette, you want to thank uh, the people for the things that we've recently done? Um, Absolutely. First of all, uh, we did our haunted tour out here in northwestern Indiana uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I think the group really had a great experience. I know that um, they were all just wonderful people. I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who came, who drove out <laughs> and walked with us through the woods and in the dark and on the beach. And um, I know that uh, Manny and Richard got some... Um, interesting results. Yes, interesting results. And hopefully we'll be able to post those soon for other people to see as well. I yeah. think, Ed, you're in contact with them, so maybe that can happen soon. That would be good. Dusty, um, listen to this, Okay. We were at this one location, and you being an investigator, and it was a, a cemetery, and a group of kids came wandering through, okay? And this was, this was in the evening, and they went up to Rick, and they asked Rick, Rick was also, you know, recording for EVPs, they asked them, in, the one boy asked them in Spanish, what type of equipment and stuff like that. And Rick and, speaks Spanish. Yeah, and Rick speaks Spanish, and he answered them. Later, when, they, when he played back the recording, the boy was talking in English on the tape. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Kind of freaked him. <clears throat> Rick also took pictures of them leaving, and when he went over to pictures... 
they're not there, but a bunch of orbs are. <laughs> so. Whoa. It was yeah. very unusual because this group, I, they were like teenagers, and they came through, and, you know, they were talking and laughing. No flashlights. And it was dark in the woods. No flashlights. They came through, did, a, did the circle around, and went out. That was about it. <laughs> Again, in and out with no flashlights. <laughs> yeah. It was very yeah. unusual. And on That's that amazing tour, about the, the language. Yeah. yeah it, it kind of blew his mind. Uh, <laughs> <To> think. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Then um, also on the, during the tour, we went to McGinnis, and that was also the first time I've not seen it, um, that I actually did automatic writing briefly. Mm-hmm. And uh, very interesting, very interesting, because for whatever reason, I couldn't express in words. So here I am searching for paper and a pen, and boom, just wrote everything out that was coming to me. So it's been uh, very interesting with those, like I said, Archer Woods. That um, so, Annette, you also want to thank them for uh, what we just did this past Friday night. I would love to. I would like to thank Pam. She is such a sweetheart for having us out to the Weathermark Tavern, uh, downtown Chicago. They have a great location there. What an awesome place to visit. Uh, they have a beautiful grill. Um, anybody who's in the neighborhood down there, right, it's right off 22nd Street, Weathermark Tavern. You should look it up. It's just a wonderful place, and everybody was so great there. I just want to give a shout-out to the Weathermark and say thank you so much to Pam. Hugs and kisses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pam did a lot of work. I mean, uh, Oh, yeah. She actually worked, I think, harder than we may have on I mean, a physical level. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, I'm sure she did. It was so yeah. well organized. She just rocked. She did a great job. Blessed be, yeah. Pam. And we're going to be back there in February, so um, we'll keep everybody posted on that. So. Yeah, it's a great place to visit, definitely. Okay. Even if we're not reading there. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, the food is, when you get a hamburger, you get a massive hamburger, so uh, stuff like that. So, And they got more things to choose from, too. Uh, Dusty, anything you're doing? Let me throw that out to you. Well, book signings or anything? Well, uh, as a matter of fact, I've been doing a whole bunch of book signings uh, this month, (laughs) of course, for October. Uh, I've got one next week in in Haunted Jefferson, Texas, which uh, if any of you ghost hunters uh, make it down to the Lone Star State, of course, it's a big state, but uh, Jefferson is a wonderful little haunted town, and the Jefferson Hotel is is a, a great haunted hotel. And as a matter of fact, the... Uh, hotel across the street is, um, I can't remember the name of it offhand, uh, uh, the Excelsior. That was the hotel that Steven uh, Spielberg went to, and he was inspired to do uh, Poltergeist. He had a terrifying experience at the Excelsior. Things were flying around the room, and uh, in the middle of the night, he pulled his crew out and left. They <laughs> went down to the Holiday Inn, two towns down. But uh, I'll be signing books at the uh, museum there. And uh, I'll be in California and Foster City in November uh, at the Cat Writers Conference. And you should be able to read about that in the newspaper if you're in the uh, San Francisco area. Okay, and uh, yeah, so. Busy anyway, lady. Busy lady. I am. And I'm hoping that if I come down, or come down, if I come up to Chicago, that I'll be able to do a little hunting with y'all. That would be exciting. 
Oh, sure. Oh, let us know, please. You yeah, bet. Let us know when you're coming up. Leave us know Okay. When you're or feel free to post it, and I'll give it uh, some exposure, if anything. Okay. That would be wonderful. And like I said, people can find the book by even this very simple Googling ghost cats, and uh, it comes up, boom, um, right away. So um, click on the link. It'll take you to Amazon, and they could even order order it that way too. So, Well, let me just say one more thing. It's uh, Although it is uh, people do think about it for Halloween, it really would be an appropriate Christmas present, and it's especially uh, timely for people who may have lost cats because people tell me, and apparently the feedback I've gotten on Amazon talks about how comforting it is. And uh, so, you know, if if you have friends who are mourning the loss of a cat, they might find it helpful. And as Chad says, it might open the door, too, for uh, uh, people to, you know, maybe look at the animals in a different uh, frame of mind than what they may have been looking at animals in the past. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd like to thank you for being on tonight, Dusty. And, well, thank you for inviting me. I have just had a wonderful time. It's nice to meet you all, and uh, thank you for the time. Yeah, I'll send, you out there. I'll send you out that picture, too, that I talked to you about. And uh, me and Annette are going to be discussing a couple things for Halloween, about Halloween. And thank you again for being our guest. Thank you. Good night. Good night, Dusty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was a very nice call, wasn't it, Annette? Absolutely. She's a sweetheart. And what a yeah. great thing to do is put a book together like that. Yeah. Uh, let me, let me, uh, okay, Halloween. Okay? Halloween? You want to give some uh, bits and pieces about it? I sure would. First of all, um, I call it Samhain. <laughs> okay. It's spelled out like Sam Hain, but it's pronounced Samhain. Um, Halloween's got it has origins in oh ancient um, ancient pagan societies and uh, uh, has Celtic backgrounds. Um, actually, the Celts believe that it was the new year. Um, they looked at the year as divided in two. Uh, Beltane or May Day, May first, being mm-hmm. uh, one part of the wheel, and the second being uh, Samhain. What they did pretty much was um, at Beltane, they set their cattle, their livestock, etc., out to graze for you know during the warm part of the year, and then brought them in um, into you know shelters and barns if they had such a thing, castle. Uh, circles and so forth um, at Samhain. It was also at Samhain. It was also a time when the older animals who had served their duties, animal husbandry, um, was done for them. They went to the slaughter, and it was that meat that sustained the people throughout the winter. So it was a time of the year. It's the third har- the third harvest celebration for those of us that um, celebrate um, a Wiccan wheel and. The um, we pretty much celebrate that it's the Day of the Dead. Um, we honor. It started out kind of as honoring the death of the animal, you know, making honor to those which gave their lives to sustain us. Right. And um, for example, our trick or treat that we know of today came from uh, leaving food at the table to honor our dead ancestors. 
and that was called a dumb supper, where everyone would come together and they would set up a place for the people at the table, who had loved ones who had departed, and no one would speak throughout the supper. So dumb not being stupid, but dumb meaning do not speak. Silence. Exactly, yes. Um, this is the time of the year when the veil is the thinnest. So people believe that it was at this time of year when spirits could be more easily seen, it could be more easily communicated with. Um, usually during our rituals and rites, we have some type of a communication, whether it's, um, oh, you know, uh, magic mirrors or Ouija boards or um, some type of a divination, um, I shouldn't say divination, some type of an exercise or using a tool to make yeah. communication with the dead spirits. And it's the first time when we do a lot of divination, kind of to discover what's coming up for us in the new year. Go ahead, Ed. There, there's um, also, is it Mexico that actually has a, a parade for um, Festival of the Dead, I believe it's called? They or? do, yeah. That's called um, El Dia de los Muertos. Okay. Um, it, it, well, you, you know, said it very nicely. <laughs> Gracias. <laughs> I worked in a Spanish tavern for a while, remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that's right. They celebrate the Day of the Dead. And what they do is they go to the graves of their ancestors and they leave oh, marigolds and just beautiful flowers, usually colors of the seasons, orange, gold. Um, and they leave entire feasts upon the graves of their ancestors. And it's believed okay. that when... <clears throat> They go home at night, that the spirits rise and feast and dance and sing and carry on. and <laughs> um, It's a really, it's a beautiful thing. Um, a lot of people believe that when you communicate with the other side, that when the other side communicates back, it kind of gives them, oh, brownie points in what you might call heaven or whatever anybody might, you know, say that that is the land of the dead. Okay. So that means uh, I got, I should have an open door. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're helping them get brownie points, so you're going to get some too, I'm sure. <laughs> um, this is a time when it's prone. Uh, and, oh, go ahead. It's also a uh, All Saints Day for, I believe, uh, the Christians. Yeah, that's November 1st. November, the day after. Okay. Halloween got its name from being All Hallows' Eve, so all the Eve of All Saints' Day. Uh-huh. So October 31st to November 1st. Okay. okay. Yeah, All Saints' Day is November the 1st. I figure uh throw that out there. Uh, yeah. But the, Ameri the Halloween that we know of today in America, where the children mm -hmm. dress in costumes and carve jack-o'-lanterns and trick-or-treat, is really a mixed bag from, you know, so many cultures that has yeah. just done the trickle-down effect, you know, the fact that Christianity kind of mutated pagan rites and rituals um, when it made its, in, its debut, and the fact that, you know, other countries and so forth have just, you know, added their spirit and their essence of it. Um, so, ch you know, children dress and carry lanterns and so forth to trick the dead. You know, and they yeah. feel because it kind of got morphed that the dead were not uh, friendly and helpful, but scary and something to be afraid of. So that's why children started dressing in costumes to kind of trick the dead into not visiting them. When in essence, it is a day of honor for the dead, and we do wish that they would communicate with us. 
Okay. Um, getting back to the, uh, like, Mexico, I actually believe I've seen footage or something where, you know, where they hold a parade, but a lot of them are dressed like skeletons walking down the street, you know. Oh, it's really cool. In fact, um, Spanish, or I shouldn't say Spanish, Mexican bakeries have these wonderful treats that are all just sculpted sugar with skulls and little coffins with full skeletons. Oh, beautiful pastries and desserts and candies and it's incredible, but they, it's a way for them to honor de- death. You know? Would you suggest I go through, uh, since I'm very close to the Pilsen area, I go through there, uh, maybe hit a bakery or two uh, right around there? Oh, absolutely. Cool. <laughs> cool. I would I love to hear what you find because yeah, they still carry on to this day, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Neat. In Mexico itself, I'm sure it's much more prevalent than yeah. it is here in America, but, oh, I'm sure, so I, the bakeries at least are going to have some stuff. Oh, sure. Well, the one thing about the nationalities, um, different nationalities, especially if they come from, um, if they've come from a different country, they're pretty well, uh, they stick their to, to their guns as far as their uh, celebration and faith and stuff like that goes as far as, uh, you yeah, know. Oh, they, okay. Yeah, because I've seen it in the Pilsen area on different occasions, and right being near Chinatown, too, you know, when they have uh, the New Year and all that stuff. Uh, oh, yeah, that's big. Yeah, yeah, they stick to their uh, traditions, for sure. Um, okay, we got about six minutes left. Anything else you want to add to that? Oh, I would just say everybody have a, a sacred Samhain. If there is anybody, and I know we have listeners who believe in paranormal and mm-hmm. spirits, and probably plenty of us have someone who's dear who's passed. Yeah. This is the time to sit down in a quiet space, um, create a small altar where you have pictures of your loved ones, maybe um, keepsakes that they had, um, especially those people that have died in the, the past year. So from last Samhain to to this Samhain, is when, you know, you can have the most communication. I found um, that you would just set up an altar and, you know, honor them and speak out loud. The dead can hear you. It's common that at Samhain we speak out loud to our dead. Tell them anything you want to tell them. You're probably going to get some type of a communication. Ask. Ask Ask questions. Ask for answers. Ask for signs. Light lots of candles. Um... And maybe even put a pen and pencil or pen and paper down by you and uh, just write down the thoughts that come to your mind after you ask. You Absolutely. Know what, what they're going to be. And adults, stay out of the cemeteries, <laughs> okay, on Halloween um, night. You'll get arrested. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially, uh, you know, my, I, you know this, 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 on Halloween, stay out of them. The cops are fully aware of what's going on. And uh, I'm a firm believer that people who do trespass, like in, you know, places that have been vandalized, like Archer Woods and Bachelor's Grove out here, um, maybe a cop should send in the dogs first, you know. <laughs> That's a cure-all for uh, never wanting to do it again. <laughs> Speaking of animals, okay. That's a cure-all. Um, I also, we also mentioned that I would bring up um, possible locations new locations oh, yes. for people to uh, possibly find haunted uh, haunted locations, new ones, that are basically out there, 
and it falls under this category that most, I'm not an investigator, but that most investigators say that there would be a good reason for there to be a haunting. A, you know, uh, a sudden death, a, um, you know, where somebody... Drama. Drama. um, Basically, and I've been preaching this for a while, start looking at the roadside memorials. Okay? Uh, People's, people, you know, the memorials are put up for people who have been, who died by way of accidents, been hit by cars, whatever. And that basically falls under the category of why a place may be haunted. So, um... I know my tree of death. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. It's got, there's activity down there. We proved that the other night. And matter of fact, um, I believe it was Manny who, you know, they were the investigators, Manny and Rick, that came out. And they caught a picture of, and I think I forwarded it to you, of by the tree of death, of an orb, but it goes beyond being an orb. It actually had a woman's body and face in it. Now, I still haven't seen it, Ed P.S., so... Okay, I, I didn't get the picture. They just, you know, they were telling me. Oh, oh, and, I did see that, okay. Yeah, and... Uh, Manny, send know, it to us. <laughs> yeah, it's basically, he's got... It, it's a process. They're going through a process. They take everything and put it on CD for, or DVD first, and then they go through it. And uh, that's basically what they do. It's a process. But like I said, start checking out the... Um, Roadside Memorials, listeners, and uh, see what you pick up there. Okay, I would, you know, if everything the investigators say is true of why a place may be haunted or, you know, a spirit is there, that would fall under the category or the reasonings. So on our next show, which will be November 4th, Sunday, November 4th, we will have as our guest Anne Catherine. Now, I didn't tell you about this yet, Annette, okay? okay. Uh, <clears throat> she will be talking about regression, okay? You know, past life regressions, but this is this goes beyond that. And to the point of what lies between death and reincarnation. Beautiful. A soul's destiny, basically. Uh, there's a book out that's called Destiny of Souls by Ph.D. I can't remember his name right now, this... Even though I think I'm getting a short-term short-term memory loss since uh, Friday night when I went blank on that uh, one reading, but um, it's called the book is called Destiny of Souls it's by Ph.D. He um, he's actually done this brought people to that point. She is also a counselor and practices the same thing, so she's going to be you know talking highly about it. Okay, so very interesting. Yeah, so that'll be Anne Catherine um, Sunday, November fourth, and Annette. Thank you very much for tonight. It was interesting. Sure. Dusty, thank you. Chad, thank you. Um, I didn't mention we do have now chat, a chat board on our wide radio shows running. So for the individuals that uh, email that. You know, posted messages why we were why the show was going on. Thank you for listening, and listeners, thank you for listening. Play it safe on Halloween night and that weekend before, and uh, definitely, definitely watch out for the children. Protect the children. 
if you see them. Would you agree on that? Oh, of course. You know, I'm going to say watch out for children. (laughs) Don't don't send kids alone. Make sure they have flashlights. Make sure their shoes uh, grip the ground. Make sure they can see through their no masks. They can see where they're going. And make sure there's an adult with them, too, while they're out there. Oh, yeah, they can't go alone, right. Yeah, we're living in a society where there should be an adult. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Annette, thank you very much. Have a a blessed Samhain. And I will talk to you tomorrow or the next day. Listeners, thank you, and good night.